shake that jar of sprinkles and celebrate your role as a mom. I'm Stephanie Fleece with City Moms Blog Network, and my hope is that the next 40 minutes or so bring a smile to your face, a skip to your step, and a sprinkler to, to your mundane. This is Just Add Sprinkles, Celebrating Motherhood, a podcast by City Moms Blog Network. In today's Just Add Sprinkles podcast, we're going to have an honest conversation about a serious topic today, and that is race. This is a sensitive topic for so many people, and here's the truth behind it. We live in a time when we're confronted with the complex realities of race and racial identity and racism every day, but we're also oftentimes advised and encouraged to avoid discussing it. And a lot of that is because it's uh, uncomfortable conversation. People don't know exactly what to say when it comes to the subject of race. But I got the pleasure of digging deep into a conversation with a friend of mine, Janine Ferguson, that I think is going to be really helpful and enlightening as well as encouraging for all of you that are listening. You see, I'm white and Janine is black. And so we're going to talk about the issue of race, how that influences our day in and day out life as a mom, uh, and creative, practical ways that we can talk about race in our homes with our kids to bring to light a subject that needs to be talked about. More often than not, we talk about needing to talk about race without ever actually talking honestly about race. And so we're going to change that. I I know you will find Janine and I's conversation to be helpful. And on a more personal note, uh, the subject of race and inclusion and inclusivity as a whole uh, amongst our mom community here at City Moms Blog Network is a personal passion of mine. It is one of our goals is to make more moms, regardless of their skin color or regardless of their um, various lifestyle choices, make to make them feel included to make them feel that they have a place at the table at City Moms Blog Network. And so this is a topic that's really dear to my heart and one that I hope we'll all lean into, even if there are parts of our conversation that are a bit uncomfortable to you, lean in with us to this conversation uh, because I promise, I promise that it will be influential in your life. So before I hop into my conversation with Janine, I wanted to give you a brief rundown of what you can expect in this episode of Just Add Sprinkles, Celebrating Motherhood. First, we're gonna start with my conversation with Janine on race. In the middle of that, we'll take a break and I'll get an opportunity to tell you about March Mom Must-Haves on citymomsblog.com. The theme for March is Spring Essentials for Moms, so you're not gonna wanna miss that. And then we're gonna end with some news about our newest City Moms Blog Network sister site, which is in Tallahassee, Florida. With all of that being said, I'm really excited to get started. Our guest for today's episode is Janine Ferguson. And I've just got to tell y'all, Janine is quite an impressive lady. She's a working mom with two young boys who lives in Jacksonville, Florida, where she's a marketing manager as well as a contributor for our sister site, Jacksonville Moms Blog. And on top of that, she's also a national sales manager for City Moms Blog Network. 
while all of those things are pretty impressive, I will say that one of the things that I love the most about Janine is that any room that she walks into is better because she's there. And I can say that from firsthand experience. Janine is a pleasure to be around. Uh, I am so honored to call her friend. And I love her heart for inclusion and opening up a conversation that might be difficult, but is essential in moving forward. And so um, I'm really thrilled to be able to welcome Janine to the Just Add Sprinkles podcast. And so here's our conversation. Janine, so happy to have you on today. Hi, Steph. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yes. Well, uh, for those of you that are joining us, uh, Janine has become a new friend of mine. She is on our national team uh, for City Moms Blog Network as a sales manager, but um, has really brought some incredible perspective into my life around a topic that, for the most part, people aren't talking too much about. And I feel like most people, uh, especially white moms, will just throw it out there. Um, it's an uncomfortable conversation because we're not sure exactly how to talk about race uh, because of the uncomfortableness of it. But that does not mean that we shouldn't be talking about it. And that's why I've invited Janine to um just join me today to have an open conversation about race and motherhood and inclusion and what that looks like in this world. And so, Janine, thank you for joining me uh, to talk about this. Oh, thank you. Good. Well, I think context is always incredibly helpful uh, Mm -hmm. for people that are just getting to know both of us or listening in on a conversation as all of our our listeners are. Uh, So Janine, why don't you share kind of a brief, brief story and highlight of your upbringing and where you live and your family. And I'll do the same just so um, we, everyone has some context for both of our upbringings. Sure, sure. Well, I am a native Floridian. I was raised in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and um, I was raised um, in a pretty diverse um, environment. My parents always made sure that we interacted with different people of different backgrounds. Um, As I look back at pictures from my childhood, um, it's literally even from a young child, there were pictures of people of all different backgrounds. And I think that had something to do with, a little bit to do with kind of where we happened to live at that time. Um, I um, actually ended up going to a predominantly um, black high school, went to University of Florida for college. um, And now I have two wonderful boys, Cleveland and Jackson, who are nine and five. And we live in Jacksonville, Florida now. And um, just excited to be here. I don't know if you mentioned I'm also a contributor uh, on the Jacksonville Moms Blog team, which is um, also a lot of fun. Um, But yeah, so that's kind of it. Good. Well, uh, my upbringing is uh, quite different, and I'm just going to own what my upbringing has looked like. Uh, And so I grew up in a very, very small town in Iowa. Uh, My graduating class um, probably could have been smaller, but it was about around 90 people and we had like one black guy in our in our whole school that's we were primarily caucasians and uh, so my upbringing was uh, not nearly as diverse as i as janine's 
it was. Uh, now, my parents never shied away from having conversations about race and what it looks like and inclusion in general, but for the most part, my reality was very white. Um, and I did go to a large um, Division One school, uh, Iowa State, that was more diverse, certainly. And then we moved to Phoenix, that is just on average a more diverse city. But uh, my, certainly my first, um, you know, 18 years of life were lived in small town Iowa um, that was very, very predominantly white. And so, um, so that's kind of where I'm coming from to the conversation. Uh, and I, I think it's important. I asked Janine to share her background and myself um, just so you guys know, like, I mean, you're, everyone's upbringing is going to be different than ours, but we are all coming to the table with different backgrounds and different history to this conversation. And I just think, at least from my perspective, that that's always really helpful to know where everyone's coming from. So mm -hmm. uh, now we're going to just talk about um, just friend to friend, uh, some questions that I have for Janine. Um, I'm going to fill in with my insight on how race and the topic of race is something that I'm very much chewing on right now in my life. Uh, but one of the questions that I have for Janine, because I think it's helpful for us to know is, you know, can you think of a specific story of when you've experienced racism in your life? And yes, we're just going to go there. We're going to talk about it. Well, we're starting off with that, huh? Okay. I know, we are. <laughs> we're starting off with that. You know, I will say that I have a lot of friends and family who have experienced some really horrific things, um, even recently. Um, but for me, um, the one that stands out in my mind several years ago, I was waiting, I think, for a hair appointment. So I happened to have on like some jeans and some sneakers and a little baseball cap. And Steph, you know me, I don't, I don't go to the mailbox, like not looking halfway put together. <laughs> But literally, I happened to be walking through this strip mall waiting for my appointment, and I got about three or four stores down, and this gentleman popped his head out of the door and said, are you lost? Are you looking for the housekeeping jobs? Hmm. And I said, and there's nothing wrong with um, a career in housekeeping. Uh, just let me say that. But, um, and I looked at him, and I said, no, sir, I'm not. And and I actually had to say, what is it about me that would make you think that I was looking for the housekeeping job? And one, one could say that I could have been any race or I could have been um, of any background. Um, but I guess your perception is your reality. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, I felt if I was not a person of color, there's no way in the world that um, that he would have asked me, was I looking for the housekeeping jobs? Um, and before that and since that experience, I'm very aware of how I present myself. I've always kind of, I was raised that way, um, to present yourself um, a certain way, um, professionalism and to be respected. But I'm always very aware of that and very sensitive to it. Uh, to it, even with my children, um, to not leave the house a certain way, um, it's, it's, it's something else. And 
Uh, and, and I will share one more. I know you only, only asked for one, but this was like really, really powerful because I think just kind of where we are in the world, raising brown boys, mm -hmm. it, it really terrifies me now mm -hmm. um, what they can experience. Um, and just, okay, my husband, he's a teddy bear, but he happens to be like 6'3", um, <laughs> a 6'3", you know, handsome black man. But um, several years ago, we were um, in Boca where we lived at the time and we, he ran, I stayed in the car and he ran out to I think grab some dry cleaning or something. And he jogged back to the car and jumped in. And it happened to be a luxury car, which is just like a little aside. And a gentleman knocked on our window as he was backing out, knocked on our window. And my husband rolled down the window, who happens to be a law professor, so professional, you know, mm -hmm. at the time. And this gentleman said to him, um, excuse me you really shouldn't run around here because people are gonna think you robbed the place. Mm. And my husband looked at him and said, excuse me, sir, I live here. Like, this is where I live. Um, and we just kind of rolled up the window and it, and again, it's kind of those experiences that just literally can happen that you think, gosh, this is really sad. Um, that these things still happen. So again, but it's it's nothing to feel sorry about for myself about, um, but it's just something to be aware of that, you know, we've gone from my father sharing stories of being a retired Lieutenant Colonel in the army, you know, having fought in wars and, and things like that and not being able to get a hotel room when he drives across country where he had to sleep in his car mm -hmm. when he drove from Florida to California. Um, to these experiences now. So um, mm. I'm just thankful that we can now talk about them a little mm -hmm. bit, you know, more, have, a, have an open dialogue about them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, um, as you were talking, I was reminded of, um, there's this, I think, gosh, what was her name? Bever Beverly Tatum, or she's a professor that talks about the stereotypes and the distortions that sure. are out there right now, she equates it to like smog in the air, essentially. And that we don't breathe it because we like it. So you don't breathe smog because you like sm smog, but you breathe and you don't breathe it because you think it's good for you, but you breathe it because it's the only air that's available. And yes. um, it's sad, right? Like that, mm -hmm. that you can tell those stories that were only to me, just a short bit ago. I mean, that was mm -hmm. not sure. 20 years ago. That was no, just no. A, or 50 years, years ago. Yeah. Sure. Um, and that the smog, that the air that we breathe is really so distorted and so polluted. And, um, but it's the only air that we have. And while I'm not justifying it by any means, I think just open conversations like this build awareness that this is an issue and it's going on and we need to talk about it and we need to make some changes um, just in how we talk to our kids and how we interact with other moms, you know, in that, in the pickup line or whatever. Um, I agree. And so, no, I appreciate you sharing those stories because for me, being a white woman, you know, that's really, it's necessary for me to hear mm -hmm. those hard situations that are sadly normal to mm -hmm. you. And and I appreciate you 
identifying the fact, and as you talk about stereotypes, a lot of it is just stereotypes. It's just ignorance and lack of information. Even the gentleman who knocked on our window and told my husband not to run, I think in his mind, he thought he was helping us. Mm. So for us, it was racist, but for him, in his mind, think about it, he was, he was trying to help someone to yeah. say, this is, you, you probably shouldn't do that because you could get yourself hurt or you could yeah. get yourself arrested or you could, you know. Um, and so I recognize that a lot of it is just um, stereotypes. It's nothing, you know, everybody's not out to get the other race. Um, I think some of it is quite innocent. Um, but mm -hmm. to your point, I, I love these conversations. You and I have had some really cool conversations that mm -hmm. by talking, it teaches us about others and it makes us more sensitive to yeah. when something happens or when even it, it happens on the other end. If one of my friends says something about, say, a white person that's a stereotype, I have the courage to say, OK, come on now. You can't say that about all white people. Right. Um, and I think it takes that. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, isn't it amazing how our, sharing our stories and using our voice is truly the most powerful tool that we have? And mm -hmm. um, what often diminishes this subject is because people aren't sharing their stories and they're not talking about it and really hashing through what it looks like. And so, again, I so appreciate you sharing those couple stories. And I've got to assume that there's probably plenty more stories that you could share. Um, and that leads into, you know, if you were to ask me the same question of mm -hmm. like, can I give a story of when I've experienced racism? Uh, embarrassingly enough, I can't, like, I don't have a story. And uh, that, I, like I said, it's embarrassing to some extent that that's my lot that I've been given, you know, in my experiences. But I think just knowing that you from very quickly can come up with an example, not just one, two, and I sit here and would have to really stretch for something um, is mm -hmm. our stories, right? Like it's mm -hmm. enough to say like, this is where I'm coming to from the table. And so um, now I am curious though, like as you think about the topic of race and diversity and inclusion in particular, especially in the season of motherhood that you're in right now. Mm -hmm. um, what are some areas of that topic that um, me as a white person should know about, like that uh, we probably don't even think about, <laughs> um, that you as a black woman experience fairly fairly often or consistently uh, in the world that you live in. Uh, can you think of any examples? Um, what should you be aware of and what should you know? Yeah, or just, yeah, I'd just love for you. I, you've shared so many good, insightful sure. um, things that sure. for me were like, wow, that is what she lives with on a day in and day out basis. And I've sure. never had to consider that. Uh, like, I mean, let's talk about, um, if you don't mind me, sure. uh, you'd mentioned, you know, walking into uh, Mom's Night Out um, of pretty much walking into a facility that was 99% white women. And oh, sure. um, how, you know, like, that's your reality. That's how you do, how sure. you do life. But um, absolutely. Yeah. Walk me through kind sure, of it's uh, life. all of that. Yeah. I think, I think it's just helpful to be able to 
put yourself in other people's shoes, regardless of whether it's race or whether it's something you're dealing with, with the type of child that you have. But sure, it's, it's my reality. Um, when I go to mom's night out, most of the time, I may be the only person of color. Uh, and actually, it's interesting that that, it wasn't how I became a contributor, but it's um, how the conversation got started. Um, do you mind if I share that story? Yeah, no, I'd love that. Yeah, um, and as we talk about being moms, um, I happened to be at a particular event where Jack's mom's blog was. They were, um, they had a booth, and I was already following them because they have amazing content and great information. And I happened to walk by, and I picked up one of their rat cards, and I greeted the two owners, and I walked away, and I looked down at the promotional card of the team. And it really made me sad because Jacksonville um, is a huge city with a diverse group of people. And there were 25 um, white women on the card. Um, and probably, I said 20 of them may have had blonde hair. And again, there's nothing against that if that's your audience. Um, and my mom always taught me, it, if you say things with the heart to help people, usually they'll listen. And so I, something, I somehow got the courage. I walked back to the table and I just shared with them. I said, hey, do you mind if I just give you a little feedback? And I said, I'm a mom, just like you. I assume that I want some of the same things for my children. I want them to, you know, be kind. I want them to be leaders. I want them to be compassionate. I want them to be giving and um, just strong. And um, I said, but, you know, as a mom organization, it, it's really disappointing that there's no one represented. Um, and again, I get it with if people have their own business and it's not their target audience, I, I completely understand. But uh, from a mom standpoint, it just, it really um, was disappointing. And thankfully, uh, the two owners here were very um, open and they said that they had actually been aware of it, but just didn't really know where to start. And I get that. Um, and so we started a conversation and, um, and now we have different voices represented on our team. And I think it, it makes us better to have the different perspectives. Um, but yes, I've, I've shared that it's, it's kind of the, the reality, the everyday reality of somebody of color that you don't think about it. When I go to a restaurant, a fine restaurant, usually my husband and I will be the only black people there. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like usually, it, and I don't know why, but um, we just are. If I, if I want to attend a mom's night out with the team, usually, even with the internal team, a lot of times I will be. Uh, even at the sister site conference, think about it, there were hundreds of women there, and um, but it's just, it's just kind of how you leave, but live, but it's rarely the other way around. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. No, you asked me that question. You're like, have you ever walked into a restaurant where you are the only white person? And I told you, frankly, no, like I've never done mm -hmm. that. And so mm -hmm. just for me, you sharing that story is a total, I'm not like crazy eye-opening, but yes, very eye-opening thing for me to consider is that like, gosh, I never have to be in that situation. And, um, but you find yourself in those types of situations 
often. Daily, and, almost daily, weekly. Yes, right, right. And uh-huh. I, I think what's also important for people listening to know about Janine, and one thing that I've loved about her is that she's very open to talking about this, but she's also very secure in her own skin and who she is. And so while Janine might feel comfortable going to a restaurant that's all white people with the exception of her and her husband, there, I have to assume that there's plenty of people that would not feel comfortable with that, you know, that are not comfortable in their own skin, not just black people, all people. (laughs) And, um, and so I think you create, you have a very interesting perspective because I think a lot of that is how you were raised too. And, Mm -hmm. um, the fact that like, be comfortable in who you are, uh, cause there is so much for you to give in just that alone. Well, thank you. And I do, I must say that again, I was raised to be comfortable with who I am, to be proud of who I am, that I wasn't better than anybody, but no one was better than I was. Mm-hmm. Um, but still as an adult, I have to say that when I'm in that room and I'm on, I'm the only person of color, I'm aware of that. Yeah. I'm completely aware of that. Like with every move that I make, with every word that I speak, I'm aware mm-hmm. of that. Um, so it, I don't want you to think that, oh, it's just like I'm walking on air because I'm completely, completely aware Right. the whole time I'm there. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something that as a white person, I don't ever experience really, you know, like I'm Mm -hmm. for the most part, um, like the majority always in the Mm -hmm. room. And so, no, I think that's Mm -hmm. really really interesting to consider. And uh, as you were sharing, I thought of an example, a story of a pastor out of Chicago, uh, Bill Hybels, that he shared uh, where he went to a restaurant that he goes to often with his um, grandsons. And the restaurant actually happened to be closed that day uh, because a kind of a large religious organization, and he didn't really go into the details of what religion it was, um, had um, taken it over, essentially. And Mm -hmm. this um, restaurant had a lot of uh, specific dietary restrictions based on these, this group's preferences that they were adhering to. And um, anyway, I remember Bill Heibel sharing this story about how, you know, he could have not even dialogued with his grandsons about the differences and the uniquenesses of them, but he would have missed an opportunity to talk about, yes, there are differences, but wow, they must be really passionate about this if this is what they, you know, like they have all of these various um, rules that they adhere to. And anyway, I, that, that story came to mind only because I do think that like, we've got to lean into this, you know, like recognizing like that's your reality and um, this is my reality and neither are better than one another. Um, Mm -hmm. Certainly my reality looks a lot different than yours, but um, anyway, I just was reminded of that and encouraged to, um, as we kind of transition the conversation, I think Mm -hmm. into motherhood and like teaching our kids about racism and race. And I want to touch on that for sure. Uh, I think it's important for us to just talk about it, you know? And one of the things that I'm learning, at least with my, my girls is when they come to me with questions about that are 
race and a, maybe a little bit embarrassing for me because I think, oh, you can't say that, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but I, I want to lean into it and not like admonish that, but have a conversation. So it's a very open conversation around our table and a safe space for them as they're working out their life, you know? And thankfully they do have a very diverse school that they go to, but I guess um, I'd be curious to hear your thoughts about, um, you know, raising two, you touched on it very briefly, but two um, black boys in this mm -hmm. world. Like, what does that look like in your home and in your mind as a mom? Sure. Well, like I've mentioned earlier, I mean, my two boys are just an absolute joy. Um, but over the past few years, with a lot of stuff happening in the news, regardless of how people feel about it or with law enforcement people getting killed and stuff, it is a real fear. Mm. Um, and we had to literally just be honest and say, honey, when somebody in authority tells you to do something, you listen the first time. Do not question it. Just do it and answer them, whether it's your teachers, whether it's a police officer, which we hope that they will never be in that situation. But again, there have been situations where somebody is just going in a convenience store and buying a snicker bar and these things can happen. Um, and so I, I will say that um, it's kind of scary from that standpoint, but I try to, on the, on the other side, uh, we've tried to just pour love into them and encouragement, just like my parents did and my husband's parents did for him. So um, we talk about race, we talk about how they're valuable everybody's different and god made everybody with different different colors and that's why everybody's special in their own way um i talk to them about their caramel color beautiful caramel color skin that's absolutely beautiful and it looks just delicious and i love caramel and i love chocolate and it's just gorgeous and and it sounds crazy but as a black mom when you look, this, this was brought up recently with all the superhero stuff and all the hype around Black Panther, okay? Yeah. Think about it. There are very few. Can you name a black superhero before no, Black like Panther? this is the first one as far as I right. know. And, yeah. and there are others. There, there are like the Falcon and different ones. Like, but right. like, think about, think, imagine, okay, so your girls grow up with Snow White and Cinderella and... Pocahontas and all those. And then you have Tiana, okay? Mm -hmm. You do yeah. have Tiana, but there are like 50 white princesses yeah. and maybe a hundred white superheroes. So you could imagine having white boys. It's like, wow, I'm that white superhero. Mm -hmm. And don't get me wrong, my boys growing, they've been Superman and they're, you know, <laughs> Yeah. And they're Batman and all of this, them too, but um, to just try to raise them to be proud of who they are, hmm. um, but then also be honest with them about color. And I think they're beautiful, but there may be one day when people don't have an appreciation for that. And we've even shared it with my nine-year-old, honey, don't believe it, but there are going to be some people who think that you're not as smart because your skin is brown, but don't listen because it's not true. Mm. Um, and that's something that, that's a conversation that we have with them regularly. Um, so, um, yeah, and I think that that's important and I appreciate this dialogue because for people who 
don't have children of color, okay, I think what you're doing is awesome, Steph. Like, don't shy away from those conversations. Say, yes, we are all different. There are children with white skin, brown skin, red skin, light brown skin, and they're all beautiful, and that's what makes us all unique mm -hmm. and different and special. Mm -hmm. But what we cannot do is teach our children this whole colorblind thing, I think that was politically correct years ago. Yeah, like, oh, yes, I'm colorblind. I don't see color. You have to see color. It's like not seeing somebody with a gigantic zit on the tip of their <laughs> nose. <laughs> but seriously, right? Right? Yeah. Um, it's like somebody walking up to you with, like, rainbow hair and you saying, I'm colorblind. I don't see that rainbow hair. Of course you see the rainbow hair. Um, yeah. And depending on how you were raised, the color will mean one thing or another. So, um I yeah. think not teaching our children to be colorblind and just teaching them um, about the differences that everybody's special in their own way is, is the way I approach it. We'll get back to more of my interview with Janine in just a moment, but let's take a quick break to chat about our March Mom Must-Haves list, which is all about essentials for spring. There are favorites, our can't live withouts, our ride or dies, our mom must have products from City Moms Blog Network. So spring is on the horizon. Yes! I'm sitting here doing a happy dance. Just imagine me in my office doing that. I'm getting ready to say goodbye to winter and hello to spring. And so that's why our March Mom Must Haves on citymomsblog.com are spring essentials. Here's the skinny on our March Mom Must Haves. I've got six spring essentials, everything from my very favorite pair of rain boots to a spring coat that is not only cute, it's also super affordable. I also have one of my favorite comfy t-shirts on the list, as well as a simple necklace that I've found to be one of my favorites over the past couple months. And I've got a stylish umbrella too. Who knew that umbrellas could be stylish, but I love this one in particular for a number of reasons. And last but certainly not least, I've included one of my very favorite books, a cut flower garden book that you're going to want to go check out yourself. So uh, go over to citymomsblog.com right now to check out mom must-haves for March, spring essentials. You are for sure going to want to check these out because they are things that need to be delivered in that beautiful Amazon box to your house sooner rather than later. You'll thank me later, I promise. Okay, now let's get back to my chat with Janine Ferguson. Yeah, no, and I think that's so good. I mean, I, I think not just the topic of race, but um, I mean, I am gonna go here, but like the topic of uh, sex, you know, like sure. we, there are plenty of conversations, race included, that for a lot of people are uncomfortable to talk about because they don't know exactly how to even talk about it. However, the reality is your kids are going to learn about it somehow. And so whether they're learning they and most of the time it's from a peer at school or something. And again, sure. whether it's sex or race or any uncomfortable conversation, sure. but my philosophy has always been, I want my kids to 
have these conversations in the safety of our own home where we can be candid, we can be loving, and we can also be really honest about it and say, we like, are, I, I noticed that you see differences, but isn't that amazing that we are all so different? It's a beautiful thing. And um, rather than them having some kind of morphed conversation with a peer at school and going down a path you know, that ends up being really hurtful for people in the future. And so. Absolutely. And to your point, Steph, that was a really good point because when we teach them at home, whether we're white or black or red or green, when we teach them at home, I think we arm them with um, sort of a confidence about what mm -hmm. they know. Like, you know, you know, children, whether they're nine or five, they know right. what they know. When they say something that they're passionate about and they know because they learned it, they will say it like, oh, yeah, this yeah. is the truth and this yeah. is a fact. And I think all children, if we arm them and we teach them about race and about all people being equal, that'll give them the courage to stand up for others when they see it happening. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? So when they hear something, whether it's about sex or race at school, Mm -hmm. instead of feeling awkward and weird because they don't know about it or they haven't heard about it or they're not sure if it's true and sit back and not say anything, they'll have the courage to speak up, even if it's not them. And that's where, I mean, that's a whole other topic about the whole bullying thing. Yeah. But I think that the more we step up and it takes, it's a little uncomfortable for us, whether it's yeah. as parents or as moms, I mean, even this can be uncomfortable sometimes, and we're adults, so you can imagine from a child's perspective, but I think when we speak to them and teach them um, about these things, then it gives them the courage to then stand up. Like, for example, if somebody was being bullied, whether it was regarding race or somebody said, hey, I, heard, I had a friend who basically her child was excluded because of race, and the child just said it because that was probably something they heard their parents say. Mm -hmm. But if you have another person to say, wait a minute, no, he, of course he can play with us. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, then I think that makes kind of the world a better place. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. Well, uh, well, this has been so good. I know there are plenty of other things that we could talk about, but uh, I think the place to start, as you've said, uh, is, you know, a positive self awareness of mm -hmm. oneself, uh, regardless of skin color, but sure. then uh, respect for others and, mm -hmm. and an understanding and a candor and an ability to talk about these things, whether it be with our kids or whether it be amongst our peers. Um, but Janine, you are a breath of fresh air and I've so appreciated you um, just sharing your story and oh, giving us you. a good insight into this topic. So thank you. Thank you, Steph. I'm Michelle Fortin with City Moms Blog Network News. City Moms Blog Network is proud to welcome Tallahassee Moms Blog in Florida. Joining our network in February, Tallahassee Moms Blog joins nearly 80 sites in our sisterhood of national parenting resource websites. Tallahassee Moms Blog owner Katie Filomio is mom to a three-year-old daughter, loves living in Florida's panhandle, and is thrilled to launch her new business. I'm thrilled to be a part of the City Moms Blog Network by launching Tallahassee Moms Blog. 
My team and I are passionate about the Tallahassee community and the moms who live here, and our goal is to make this city that we all live in feel just a little bit smaller. If you're interested in joining our sisterhood and building authentic community with other moms in your area, please visit citymomsblog.com for more information. That's it for this episode of Just Add Sprinkles Celebrating Motherhood. Thank you so much for joining me as we talked about an incredibly important issue of race. A special thank you to our guest, Janine Ferguson. We so appreciate you sharing your thoughts with us today and are incredibly honored and humbled to have you a part of the CMBN family and team. A huge network welcome to Tallahassee Moms Blog. We're so thankful to have you as part of the sisterhood. As we close out today's podcast, remember, you are doing an awesome job. Keep it up and don't forget to just add sprinkles.